Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Behind the Record, the podcast where I am talking about everything that has to do with how music is made. Now, I was going to talk about streaming services for this episode, but I think I'm going to push that one to next week when I have more time. Um, So today I thought we'd look at something a little more simple and fun, and that is going to be some of the effects um, and processing used when you're making and mixing music in a studio. Um, So these are tools. They can be digital or they can actually be physical devices, um, and they manipulate sound in one way or another. So that's stuff like reverb um, or equalization, which is essentially cutting or boosting the bass or treble of a sound or a song. So I picked three of the main um, effects to talk about today. There's a ton more, but I wanted to keep it kind of concise, so we're just going to be doing kind of an intro to these here. Um, So these effects that I'm talking about, they're not going to make your music sound good on its own. That comes down more to if you have a good composition and you're recording in a high-quality environment. Um, But they are used to kind of bring it up a notch. Um, And I can tell you from personal experience that using these effects in the right way is super hard. Um, It takes a lot of practice. I'm still nowhere near uh, where professional studio engineers are, but um, they are real fun to work with and just kind of fun to hear them in action. So that's what I wanted to do today. I'm hoping by the end of the episode, you'll kind of get an appreciation for how powerful these effects really are as creative tools. Um, and how the best producers and audio engineers in the world might use these in innovative ways to kind of get their music to stand above the competition. Now, the science behind these effects can get really complicated, so I'm going to do my best to just give simple um, explanations and not really go into the math side of things. Now, when you're actually making music, there's so many different factors that drive what effects you're going to need or where you're going to need to put them. Um, and how you use them. So just keep in mind that there's no single correct way to use these effects. But for the purposes of this episode, I'm just going to be talking about the most typical uses because um, it's easiest to understand that way. So the first effect I want to talk about today is equalization, or EQ for short. Now this is easily the most common effect. I hesitate to even call it an effect because it's such a fundamental part of mixing. Um, Every part of a song is going to have EQ applied to it in one way or another, generally. Uh, Your vocals, your drums, your keyboard, whatever it is, it's most likely going to have an equalization effect on it. Um, And the reason that it's so fundamental is that EQ lets you manipulate the bass frequencies of a sound. So what do I mean by frequency? Um, Quick audio lesson here. Sounds occur in waves, right? We can describe a sound wave as having a certain frequency, which is basically how fast or how slow it vibrates. So we measure this vibration in hertz, and that's what accounts for the pitch of some sound. So say I have a sound wave that vibrates 250 times per second. We'd say that the sound has a frequency of 250 hertz. Now the human range of hearing is about 20 to 20,000 hertz. Most people can't actually hear sounds of more than like 16,000 hertz, but it is possible and 20,000 is a convenient number, so that's kind of the one that gets used. Um, On the other end, you can't hear sounds under 20 hertz, but you can feel them. That's the real bassy stuff. So as a general rule, the lower the number of hertz, the bassier the sound is going to be, and the higher the number, 
Um, the higher the pitch will be, or sometimes it gets described as having a sharp sound. Um, but for our purposes, all we need to understand is that anything capable of making noise has a certain range of frequencies that it can produce. Um, so take my voice right now as an example. The male human voice has a frequency range of about 100 hertz to 8,000 hertz, depending on what I'm doing with it. Um, so what's cool about EQ is that it basically lets you turn down or turn up frequencies in a certain range. Uh, so I'm going to demonstrate on my voice. I'm speaking right now, producing frequencies somewhere between 300 and 3,000 hertz. That's generally the, the speaking range uh, for the human voice. Um, so I can use equalization to turn down the lower frequencies like this, taking away bass and making it sound more tinny and clear. Um, or I can turn down the higher frequencies like this, which will give my voice more of a muffled, deep, bassy feeling. Um, and you can do this with any instrument, any voice, any sound, and really change the fundamental sound. Um, where EQ becomes really cool, though, is when you start combining sounds um, and using that to manipulate a combination of sounds. So think of any pop song. There's a lot of components. There's vocals, you have drums, synthesizers, whatever instruments you have, um, whatever background effects you have, it's all part of a mix. Um, and every part of that song is producing frequencies within their range, and those frequencies can conflict with each other. If you have a keyboard and a guitar and a singer all stacked on top of each other, um, a lot of the frequencies that those pieces are producing overlap, um, and they can kind of muddle with each other, uh, make things less clear, uh, less hard to hear the individual sounds, and that can be a problem. So you can use EQ to shape the frequencies being produced by each component and give it a place in the song. So uh, say I have a cello playing, I can cut out or turn down frequencies that aren't important to that cello sound um, and that will open up room for other parts of a song to kind of fit in there and get heard better. And so it's getting every part of the song to fit together where they can all be heard at their best. That's the hard part and really the fundamental of mixing and EQ is the tool of choice for that. So to recap, you can use equalization to make something sound better on its own, like drums, for example. So say I have a snare drum and I wanna cut out some of the lower frequencies that can give it kind of more of a crackling or snapping sound, which can be really good depending on uh, what the type of song is, how you wanna evoke emotion and all sorts of things. So there's so much you can do with it. Um, overall, EQ is an absolutely essential part to the music making process, and it's really the first step. Alright, so next I want to talk about reverb. Um, reverb is probably something that you're somewhat familiar with, or you've at least heard the term. Uh, if I had to describe it simply, I would say that it's a way to put a sound into a space. So think about if you played a harmonica, for example, in a bathroom. That would sound completely different than if you played it in a cathedral um, or the kitchen or outside um, because every sound interacts with its space in a unique way. How far sound waves have to travel and what surfaces they're bouncing off of color that sound. Um, so if I'm in a room with a lot of soft surfaces like beds and pillows, those will absorb sound waves and the room is going to kind of have a dead sound, kind of an empty sound. Um, 
fun fact, that's usually the ideal kind of environment to record in because the sound won't really be colored. It'll be like a blank slate for recording um, and editing. So right now I'm talking into a mic and I have a piece of foam called a reflection filter behind it and that's meant to catch sound waves as they go past the mic so that they don't bounce back uh, into the microphone and color that sound. So um, on the opposite end, um, if you have a room with a lot of hard surfaces, uh, sound waves will bounce off of those and back into the microphone or back into your ears if we're not talking about a recording situation and you'll hear the sound of the room basically. Um, and so reverb exists so that you can control this room sound. That's the ideal thing when you're making music. You want to have control over every every factor um, in the process. So you don't want to have the sound of the room you're recording in, especially if it's a bad room, be a permanent part of the song. You want to get a dead sound and you can add reverb back into that as you choose. And it is something that you need. Um, you have to have room sound. You have to have those sound waves reflecting back into your ears or back into the mic um, or it sounds weird and you can tell you can tell it's not natural and that's not what you want in popular music so reverb is a real important tool for kind of getting a realistic feeling to the music so with this podcast my goal when i'm recording is to get as little room sound as i can so that i can add it back in a controlled manner um, and kind of fine-tune it exactly how I want it. Um, and I'm going to demonstrate that using my voice, just like we did with the EQ. Uh, so here's my voice without any reverb. Um, and now here I'm adding some reverb in, and it sounds more natural. As long as you use it um, sparingly and you're subtle about it, it's always going to sound more natural with reverb because that's how it is in the real world. Um, and you, you can do crazy things with reverb, uh, just like any other effect if you really want to crank it up um, so here's reverb set to sound like I'm in a cathedral you can hear that's very echoey very over the top but it's really meant to be a subtle effect uh, it's one of those effects that makes a song sound more realistic uh, and more present without the listener actually knowing that it's there and all I'm going to say about the science of reverbs um, is that Basically, they create a bunch of mini echoes and then add those mini echoes to the existing sound that you have. All right, the last effect I want to talk about today is the delay, aka the echo. Um, so I just mentioned echoes in relation to the reverb, but this is not a bunch of tiny echoes uh, like the reverb. These are the big, cool sounding, in your face echoes, um, and they get used a lot in popular music. I would guess that nearly every pop song you can think of right now has a delay in there at one point or another. A great example of this would be Fergie's London Bridge. So you can hear the echo added on when he says, oh snap. It's pretty obvious because there's no uh, background instruments there, but a lot of times you won't even really notice that there's an echo. It's just kind of one of those things that adds to the feeling of music without being obvious, kind of like the reverb. Um, but it's definitely a more noticeable effect than the reverb. Um, so using a delay, I can modify the echo that I'm creating. I can change which part of a sound gets the echo. Usually it's the tail end, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and I can also change the length of the echo and the speed of it. So I'm going to 
Once again, gonna demonstrate with my voice. Here's a quick delay, kind of the typical echo. echo, echo, echo. Um, I could slow it down. Down, down. I can also do some weird stuff like make the echo go on forever. Ever, 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 ever. All right, that's enough of that. Um, and the speed and intensity of the echo that you want really depends on the speed of your song, what kind of mood you're trying to create, how subtle you want to be, etc, etc. So these are only some of many, many effects that I didn't cover. Um, there's things called compressors, that's a big one. Those let you control the volume range of a sound. Um, you have something called phasers, um, which do this. And there are many more that I haven't included. Um, but not only are there a ton of effects to choose from, but each one can be used in so many different ways. I honestly can't even illustrate the creative potential that these tools give you when you're manipulating audio. Uh, they can be stacked. So for example, you can have three uh, EQs on one vocal, each doing a different thing or working together to do something that one EQ can't do on its own. Uh, you can combine the effects. So I'll have maybe a reverb and a compressor on top of that and an EQ on top of that. Um, and each effect can have completely different uses depending on what you're using them on um, or really how crazy you just wanna get with it. So what all this means is that there's virtually unlimited ways to manipulate sound with these effects. It gives you unlimited creative freedom and unlimited potential to create unique sounds and to create satisfying sounds. Um, I found personally a lot of joy and a lot of frustration experimenting with them. Um, it's definitely one of those things that it takes a lot of practice to get it just right, but when you do, you can tell really how fundamental this is to the music industry, and it gives you an understanding of, wow, okay, this is how they get their songs sounding so incredible and, and clean and crisp. So I hope this episode gave you a new appreciation for the complexity that's involved with making music. Um, these effects are just a tiny part of a huge process. I could easily go on for 10 more episodes just about effects. We're not going to do that though. Next week we'll move on to a different topic. I'm not quite sure what it's going to be yet. Um, I'm hoping to get to streaming, but we'll have to see. For now though, thanks for listening and until next time. <laughs>